Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. So, if you got your version app open, your Bible app, you got your bulletin, let's get rocking and rolling on here because um, uh, I'm really excited about uh, this series. Um, and I had delayed it to this, and I, and I really believe it was the, the Holy Spirit at work in it. I like connection. I, my brain just works that way. And as a church, um, as a church, this is our 99th sermon series. Over the course of 11 years, we're now stepping into our 99th sermon series. It's hard to imagine that I've preached 99 sermon series now. Um, but uh, with that, and knowing that this one was, that I wanted to do a series on the 99, I was like, well, series number 99 is coming, and I'll just tie it all together. So our 99th series is called the 99, and uh, so uh, let's go ahead and get in to this. For, and another one. I got another thing I need to say. Um, if you're here and you're here at church this morning and you're wanting to just, you're here just checking out what this Jesus thing is all about. Um, and you're, you're still really new to this and you're still trying to kind of decide. First off, uh, thank you for choosing Celebration Church to do that. We want to be a safe place where people who are still trying to, to, to learn about Jesus and figure this out and haven't decided whether they're going to place their faith in him and, and become a, a follower of Christ and become a child of God and, and to grow in that. Um, and this is a safe place, and you can check this out as long as you need to. But this morning and this series um, is not to you. Um, it is going to be a. It is going to help you, and so I want you to really pay good attention to it. Because if you're trying to figure this out, I think this is going to give you a good mental mindset of what it looks like to be a part of this thing of being a child of God and being a, being a part uh, of the kingdom of God. But this sermon isn't to you; um, it's to the rest of us. Um, and so I want you to just to be able to, to recognize recognize that and understand that. Um, and so, but to the rest of us, uh, let's get into this, um, that, uh, this concept of the 99, um, it comes from a, if you've been in church for a while, you're familiar with, um, in fact, the song Reckless Love talks about that he would leave the 99 and to go after the one. And it's always awesome that God goes after the one, but there's a place where we have to understand what it means to be the 99, and we've got to be able to be good at being the 99. If the good shepherd is going to go after the one, and then there's the 99, we've got to be good at being the 99. Because sometimes, sometimes I think the one is out there being the one because sometimes the 99 isn't very easy to deal with. And if we'll be better at being the 99... It'll make coming, the one coming in and getting on track with Jesus so much better. I've heard it said so many times that people have no problems with Jesus. They just don't like his people. And so I think we've got some things that we could learn and we could, just, we could just get better at that. So our lead-off concept for this is that being good at being the 99 requires having God's heart for the one. Um, of course, we... Um, 
downtown have Shannon Hospital and and um, got the, the, the main hospital, and you have the women's and children, and you got the, the cool windowed uh, crosswalk there across um, uh, Harris. And a couple of years ago, we were over at the hospital for some reason, and we had uh, uh, Preslin, uh, Pressy, our, our youngest, with us. And I was taking her across there, and we were looking out at San Angelo and looking as far as we could see. And we were there in the window, looking out the windows. And I said, Pressy, look, there's, there's our car. And she's like, I don't see it. I was like, Pressy, it's our, it's our car. It's Mama's car. It's right there. There's, there's Mama's car. She's like, I, I don't see it. And I'm like, it's the, it's the white one? Look over here. And she's like, Daddy, I, I, I don't see it. And then all of a sudden, I began to realize she's a lot shorter than me. And so I just started to squat down. And I got down, and I could see the car, and I could see the car, and I could see it. And right when I got down on her level, if she was two inches taller, she'd have saw Mama's car. But down on her level, the, the trees cut it off. You couldn't see Mama's car. And there was all this place that it was clear, wasn't even almost obscured, from my over six foot vantage point. But from her little four year old at the time vantage point. She couldn't see it at all. There was nothing there. And we're here having this argument and this conversation. And I just can't see how she can't see it. Because it is clearly. It's not even almost obscured until you get down on her level. And then the treetops just cut it off. She is two inches taller. She would have been able to see it. And so many times I think that there's this place where you and I, if we, if we would just mature and grow just a little bit more, we begin to see what God is seeing. What he's so excited about, what he's fixated on. But in our immaturity, in our place where we haven't grown, we're still just not being able to see yet. And we're going to have to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to mature us so we can begin to see the way that God sees. And we're about to look... <clears throat> At Luke chapter 15. And here in, in Luke chapter 15, the first couple of verses um, set up what the, this parable. And in the first couple of verses, right off the bat, um, it says that Jesus was hanging out with the tax collectors. That's the very first, first group that's mentioned. And the sinners. They were the most appalled at the tax collectors. Remember that. They were, and then sinners. And gee, they were, they, these people had come in. These are people who their daily life isn't very religious. They live in a highly religious community. They're there in, in, in Israel. They're in a community that is permeated. Everything revolves around religious worship. And these people don't really care. These tax collectors and sinners, they don't really care. But there was something. There was something about Jesus that they wanted to hear what he had to say. He talked a little different than the high priest. He talked a little different than all the other teachers of the law. And they're like, we want to hear what this guy has to say. And so they're there hearing what he has to say. And these other super religious people, they're having a problem with it. Because like, man, Jesus is hanging out with these people who have some bad reputations. These are not good people people and Jesus decides he's like hmm I'm going to answer this with a story and in verse 3 he says and then Jesus told them this parable suppose 
one of you, all of a sudden he's getting them to change their perspective. He doesn't even say, suppose some guy. He says, suppose you. Suppose this is yours. Suppose you have a hundred sheep and lose one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And then when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and he goes home. And then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. He's like, man, heaven is throwing parties all over the place. All over the place. There's a reason we're called Celebration Church. From back when, when we were picking names. I initially, my, 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 my personal, just wanting, I wanted something original. And there's so many churches around that if the name is original and it's not been taken, there's a reason. It's terrible. It's a dumb name. So then when I gave up on something original, then I was like, well, what name just rings true to me? And there are a lot of celebration churches out there, and we're not affiliated with any of them. I was like, we can just choose whatever name we want. This concept of people who are disconnected from God, coming to God, the lost being found, coming to God, and that heaven rejoicing at that. I was like, man, we want to be a church that throws parties in heaven all the time. They're like, man, bring out the streamers again. That church in San Angelo has brought some more people in. Man, it's another one. It's just like an endless party up here all the time. That is what the kind of church we want to be. But if we're going to be that, we're going to have to see the way God sees. We're going to have to see it. If we're going to have celebrations happening all the time, we've got to be able to see The way God sees. And so to be good at being the 99, we must be excited that God loves and pursues the one. This is where it begins to challenge us. Because we like what we like. We like what we like. But not everybody who's being pursued by God can connect with that. Um, there's a lot of songs that I really, really enjoy. We do not sing them on Sunday mornings. And the reason is, is because they have language in them the one doesn't understand. And so if you invite a friend or a family member who's the one, and they come in here, and they're singing some song uh, about being washed in the blood, that's freaky. It's scriptural. It just, you need some education to get it. And so what we want to do is we want to make it easily available. There's a lot of scriptural language that make us understand what, what has taken place. That we can, we can sing those songs to make people connect. I would love for our Sunday morning services to be about an hour and a half, two hours long. I would love that. Um, but most of y'all would not. And when you first came to Celebration Church, you certainly wouldn't. You were like, my goodness, these people, they go on too long. I would love for us to sing about six songs. But some of y'all could not wait till we shut up a little bit ago. 
You're new. You're, 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 not, you're not used to it. You're like, my God, I've been standing for like a long time. That's, there's a seat right behind. Am I allowed to sit? Um, yes, you're allowed to sit. You're allowed to sit and eat your donut and watch worship if that's what you need to do. You're allowed that. Um, but the rest of us, we're going to stand up and we're going to holler and we're going to be excited. Um, because we believe there's something to be excited about. And so in this, there's this place where we have to have an understanding and be excited about the one and have God's heart for the one. Or what we will end up doing is we will build another institution for the 99. But that was not what God was about. He was not about building a bigger pen for the 99. He, his heart was not, oh my goodness, one got away. Man, get the fencing material. We better pin in these 99 or we're going to be down to 98 and then 97. And they keep slipping through our fingers. And we need to build a pin and we need to keep these puppies tight. No, he's like, uh, 99, y'all got this. I'm going. And he went after the 99. He was sitting there. He was looking towards the one. He was cared about the one. And if we're going to be able to be good at what God has called us to do, which is being part of the 99, that we've got to have God's heart. We have to have God's heart for this. Again, it's Luke 15, 4 says, Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? Now, here's what I want us to do is to recognize that the way this works with people is the people aren't out being loners and being out disconnected. There's a beautiful place where we're going to see that a lot of times the one, they're out in the middle. They're out in the middle of the crowd. They're out in the middle of life. They're out around all of the, the 99 sometimes. And so we've got to be aware of it. Luke chapter 19, here is this encounter. If you've been around church for a while, you know who Zacchaeus is. If you've been around church a long time, you can sing the song. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. You know the song. My wife has shut me down because of my amazing vocal abilities. And so, uh, but you know the song. But if, if you're newer to church, you don't know a lot about Zacchaeus. And so I, I love the story of Zacchaeus. And let's just start in Luke 19 verse 1. It says that Jesus entered Jericho um, and was passing through. And a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. And he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. Let's pause right there. Now remember when we went back to the Jesus telling the parable about going after the one that they were upset that there were tax collectors and sinners that were listening to Jesus. Zacchaeus is not just a tax collector. Zacchaeus is a chief tax collector. He was good at being a tax collector. He was so good, he got promoted and had tax collectors under him. Now, we don't like this time of the year where we're all about to have to file taxes. As soon as January 1 hits, everybody's like, where's my W-2? Let's start this thing. And so, and we know April 15th is coming. And none of us like paying taxes. Um, but some of you may work for the IRS office and people don't hate you for that. 
Um, it's just having a job. It is okay. But in Israel's day, it was not okay. Because the taxes were collected not for Israel. They were collected for Rome. And any, any Hebrew person who was willing to be on the Roman pay dole to be able to collect taxes was seen as a traitor. They were a traitor to their country. They were not, the Romans were not supposed to be there occupying them. They were supposed to be a, a nation, an independent nation. This is why they were so excited when Jesus came in at the triumphal entry. They thought Jesus was about to get an army and about to shove Rome back to Rome. That's what they thought Jesus was going to do. That was the Messiah they were looking for. They were looking for a general on a big war horse ready to be able to take, take it back and push Rome back. But Jesus came in on a colt of a donkey on something that somebody who's a prince of peace rides and in that mindset where they were looking to get rid of Rome a somebody who worked for Rome to collect taxes was was low he was a traitor and then he was a dirty traitor because see Rome just said we need this much money and anything that you get afterwards well that's that's yours so they would extort and they would get extra money out of the people. And that's why it says that he not only was he a chief tax collector, he was wealthy. And his wealth was not from his hard work and his investments, but it was squeezing people who worked hard and who made money. And he got extra out of them and he padded his pocket with that. And he was hated. He was a hated man. He was wealthy. He had everything, that the, uh, the finest of the fine that could be bought. But he was hated in his community. But look, we see that he, this wealthy tax collector, verse 3, says he wanted to see who Jesus was. He, he was curious about this Jesus guy. Who is this? I heard he's hung out with tax collectors and sinners. Everybody else is pretty ticked off about that, but I think there's some hope. I think there's some hope for me. Do you see Zacchaeus' being drawn near to Jesus was based on somebody else's testimony? There was another tax collector who had been despised and rejected but been loved. Folks, you're going to have to be willing to use your testimony. There is somebody waiting to hear that, guess what, they're not the only one who made that dumb mistake, who made that dumb thing. That, they, that they're not the only one out there and that God loves and forgives and restores and brings restoration. We can't hide behind our, that, that stuff anymore. God uses those broken pieces to remind broken people that he still repairs and brings things and makes things right. So he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short of stature, he couldn't see over the crowd. He was a short guy, and he couldn't see over the crowd. And guess what? The crowd was not going to open up for Zacchaeus. Because you know what that meant? Somebody had to stand by Zacchaeus. Somebody's gonna, gonna open, somebody had to stand by him. Somebody had to be seen with him. Somebody had to be kind to him. So the crowd just like, yeah, move along with Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus is stuck on the outside. But Zacchaeus, he was, uh, he, he, he was, uh, he was a smart guy. He wanted to see Jesus. And so he... 
he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree. This is two things that somebody who was esteemed in the culture would never do. They do not run. That is what's so scandalous about the prodigal son story. Is that the father runs out to the son. The esteemed landowners did not run. They had runners. They had people who would run for them, but they did not run. Part of the way you carried yourself and you walked was showed of, of who your, your position in society. But Zacchaeus didn't give a rip about his all of a sudden. All that he'd built up and he runs. And then he climbs a tree like a little kid. He climbs up in a tree. Because as he plants himself where he knows Jesus is going to come, and as the crowd follows him, Eventually, that tree is surrounded by people, but Zacchaeus has his spot, and he's able to look and to see. Here's another little thought I had on this, because it's a sycamore fig tree. We talked about last week that, uh, that Adam and Eve, that they turned over their new leaf. They went and got some fig leaves and sewed some things to cover up their shame. Here we have Zacchaeus climbing a sycamore fig tree. And he doesn't have those leaves to cover himself. He's actually, to cover his shame, his shame has actually had him run ahead, climb a tree, and he's pushing the leaves out of the way so he can see Jesus. Adam and Eve took the leaves to hide so they couldn't be seen. And he pushes the leaves away so he can see. Folks, there is this place where the things were of ourselves, we can begin to be so wound up in, in ourself and so focused on shame that, that we try to cover everything. And it's, we're not going to help anybody get there. If we do that, we're going to have to be willing to push those things aside. Also love it that it was something that was just everyday ordinary. Adam and Eve didn't have to go hunt for a fig tree. It was right there. He, the, the sycamore fig tree was right there. It was in the daily. It was this daily, everyday, ordinary thing. This tree that everybody walked past all the time. All of a sudden, now it's something that is used to help elevate him so he can see Jesus. Folks, it's the daily stuff. It's the everyday stuff that's going to make the difference. That's why this, things like this are important. That's why spending time in the Word is important. It's because it's the daily things where we grow in our relationship with God. I love the Sunday gatherings. I love the small groups. I love all that and those help. But it's the daily stuff where we're going to see real life begin to take place and to grow. And then in verse 5, we see that Jesus reached that spot. He looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus. Come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and he welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to mutter. They weren't excited. They didn't think, oh wow, this is amazing. They, they, had, a, they had a problem with it. They had a problem with it. Began to mutter. He says he's going to be the, the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look Lord. Here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. Because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Here he is living out in front of them the parable he had told them. 
It's not just lip service. This is Jesus' life. He is living it out. He is there with Zacchaeus. And I love it that he says, I must stay at your house today. I must stay there. Here is this place. Here is this place where he says, I must. The Gospels show us just four times. Four times where Jesus says, I must. Four times where he says, I must. Luke chapter 4, verse 43 He says, and I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also because this is why I was sent. This is one of his musts. I must proclaim the good news. Of course the good news has to be told. Otherwise, how are we going to know it? How are we going to know it? Then he must do it. Then in Luke 13, 33, he says, in any case, I must press on today and tomorrow and the next day for surely no prophet can die outside Jerusalem. He's saying, I must die. I must proclaim the good news and I must, I must die. That's, that's, these are these big, massive statements. And we're going to come back to Luke, to Luke 19 where we see must number three. But first we're going to jump over to John chapter 10. If you remember your Bible, John 1010, where Jesus says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come that they may have life and, and have it more abundantly. And in that same flow of thought and, and in that same discourse, Jesus says in John 10, 16, he says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen, and I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock and one Shepherd, I must bring them also. I must proclaim the good news. I must die. We understand that as Christ followers. He says, I must bring them too. These are, these are three big, all-inclusive, all-the-world stuff that this covers. But then we have the fourth one. And this is said to one man. Not the whole world, not all. It's said to one man. The one man who is the most despised, the most rejected, the most untrusted person in their community. And Jesus says, I must go to your house. This assignment after the 99, yes, it encompasses the whole world. Yes, it encompasses Jesus' whole life, his entire mission. But it's very, very personal. It's very personal. His must aren't just these big sweeping things. He said, I must go to your house. Jesus cares about every house. Every house. You can't pass a house in this town that God doesn't care about. You can't pass it. It doesn't matter if it's, everything's manicured and it's perfect or everything's fallen off the, and you can't believe somebody actually lives there. He cares about every one of them. He must. And we have to have that heart. We have to understand if we're going to be good at being the 99s. He's staying aware of what Jesus has done. will keep our point of view on point. 2 Corinthians 5 says, For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died, and he died for all, that those who should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though once, 
Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. This, we looked at last week, this exact passage of Scripture from looking at ourselves. But today I want us to look at every person we come in contact with through this. He says, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. We regard no one from a worldly point of view. What's that worldly point of view? It's from just our point of view. Whether or not someone's annoying to us, whether or not somebody we want to, to, to hang out with, whether or not someone we agree with, whether or not someone we don't understand at all. Folks, we're about to enter in 2020. We're about to enter in into one of the most heated things that our community does. It's, it's awesome. I love democracy. I think it's amazing. But every four years, we fire up the machine. And with social media, it gets even more heated and more, more vitriol. And every, each side says, I don't understand you. You just, bleh. all of a sudden, there's about to be so much tension in the next few months. Coming into the fall, it's going to be so much. And folks, you and I, we have to have heaven's perspective. We have to have heaven's perspective. We have to have heaven's perspective. These people that will be putting stuff on your social media that you don't understand whatsoever, God loves them. And he cares about their house. And we can get so easily begin to, to have an idea of the other and to push people out instead of being excited that God cares about them and loves them. See, being good at being the 99 means making it easy for the one to turn to God. Making it easy. You ever had one of these people in your life that uh, they're just hard to apologize to? It's hard enough to apologize, but sometimes there are people who are hard to apologize to. That you're like, okay, I'm sorry and, and I feel terrible about this and I want to get this fixed. But when I apologize to this person, well then I'm going to have to hear about all of it for a little while. They're going to just say, well, why did you do this? And why did you do this? If you're so sorry, this and this and this. And then all of a sudden, you're like, okay, am I ready? Not only do I have to be ready to apologize, I now have to be ready for the lecture. Folks, so many times people are on the outside are ready to turn to God, but they think they're going to walk through a church doors and then have to now be accountable for all that stuff that they've repented of. Well, why did you do this? Why are you there? Why do you have that? Why do you do this? All that. We have to make it easy for people, easy for people to begin to just say, you know what? I'm ready for a new way of life. I'm ready. We have to be easy for that. You want to change? You want to change your 2020 personally? Be an easy person to apologize to. You want to change the dynamic of your family? Be easy to apologize to. That's just free charge. <laughs> Acts 15, 19. Peter is right. He says, it's my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Oh, my goodness. I'm running. I'm out of time. And now I just lost my note. Oh, my goodness. How did that happen? Technology. Maybe. I think. Okay. It is, it is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. I love it that that's his response. Let's not make it difficult. And so he's like, you know what? You don't have to become Jewish. Just love Jesus. Everybody wanted them to try to be Jewish before this. 
But they're like, no, just, just love Jesus. That's all you got to do. And then Psalm 68, verse 4 says, Sing to God, sing in praise to his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds. Rejoice before him. His name is the Lord, a father to the fatherless, a defender of the widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families, and he leads out prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. He's setting lonely in families. What family is he setting the one in? The 99. That, we're it. So guess what? Let's make it easy for them. Let's make it easy. Let's let this be the most welcoming place on the planet. Let's make it where people go, you know what? I just feel the love of God here. Which, praise God, that's what I hear. Those are the reports I get. I'm saying let's double down. Let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. Let's just keep it going. Folks, our bottom line today is that God excels at accelerating the 1 to 99. He'll take one and turn them into, put them a part of the 99. Bam, bam. We just have to be good, good at receiving them. God does the work. God does the connection. We have to be good at receiving them. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.